0: Escape, from plan A. Escape,
1: escape, escape. From plan A. Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of Escape from Plan A. I'm your host today, Diana, and I'm joined by Teen. Hello! And returning guest, Yopin. Hey, what's up? Yeah, so last time we talked, we, you know, it was just a one-on-one about our experiences in academia. And today, uh, we are all going to talk about mental health, uh, mental health issues and awareness in the time of COVID, especially as Asian Americans, we're uh, subject to a lot of stress right now. So I think it'd be cool to just talk about our experiences. And if there are like specific issues that we want to go into, or just generally like some advice for dealing with all of this.
2: Yeah, totally. And I guess disclaimer, um, I'm not in the mental health profession. So I, I do attend therapy and I have anxiety. I've, I've attended therapy and had medication for it, but I am by no means an expert.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I don't think most of our discussions of mental health were focused on experts because, you know, each person kind of has their own issues and it is still best to go seek therapy on your own. But in terms of just like regular people having the same experiences and possibly the same issues, it is still good for us to just remind everyone that we're all in the same boat and uh, we uh, it's okay to feel whatever way you're feeling.
0: Diane, I agree with that. I think and one of my frustrations is how like, because they say mental health, which I, I'm not even sure if I love that term, but it's like just basically getting your your wits about you or just like dealing with stress or whatever it is like has become something of an expert terrain. And, you know, we like now, I mean, I think it's right that we do disclaimers and stuff, but I mean, shit, we're not telling people to take hydroxychloroquine or whatever. <laughs> <You> know, <we're, laughs> yeah. Like like, we're not prescribing medicines or whatever. We're just talking, you know, people, it's just people talking about their experience with like stress and anxiety. I, I just don't think, me, you know, making this an expert terrain thing is I mean, I can see how it's responsible in a way, but I also feel like it, it actually almost discourages people from talking about it because you're like, whoa, whoa, I don't know anything about this.
2: Yeah, I guess one thing I wanted to do is just sort of like check in. Like, let's see how we're all doing now. At the time of this recording, this is what? In California, at least the end of week 10 of shutdown, we're at 95,000 deaths in the US. I don't know how many cases I've lost count and 40 million people unemployed. So like that's kind of the, the landscape of things as it is now. Uh, I think I've also lost count of how many hate crimes or racism. Incidents have been recorded against Asians. So, like, how how are you to be linked in this moment?
0: I think I'm okay now. I I was surprised. I got to be honest. There was one time I actually because I'm not like a weepy guy, but there was one time where actually sort of towards the beginning of this when uh, it got really bad here in New York City, in particular, in my neighborhood, where I actually found myself crying, and I was like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck? <laughs> like, this is not normal for me. Like, I, I think a lot of the feelings of stress and stuff are often very bare. It's like very, very basement level feelings. And so I think I was a lot worse off than I knew. And I still think I'm probably worse off than I suspect. (laughs) Though Day to day, I feel okay.
1: Yeah, I as of now, and probably I think for the last two months or so, I've actually felt better than I normally do and the thing is for me like a lot of the stuff that people were worried about I was anxious about already anti-Asian racism you know not necessarily hate crimes but just like the overall xenophobia the anti-Asian microaggressions those are things that I was like already dealing with and trying to speak out about and now everybody sees it and everybody's calling it out even though it's worse it's being expressed on an massive scale, like that anger is being expressed on a massive scale. And it makes me feel better because I don't feel like I'm the only one. And in terms of employment, I work at a home, I am self-employed. And I, you know, like, I don't really know where my career is going, right? And I've had those
0: Yeah, same. I totally, I totally share that.
1: Yeah. But see, I had those anxieties for a while before this happened. And now everyone else shares that with me. And I'm like, okay, nobody knew where the fuck they were going. Right now, everything is the most uncertain we've ever been in our entire lives, probably in the last few generations. So I'm actually, I feel good, because now I don't feel like I'm the only one. And I think that this is specific to my personal anxieties, but I do know that in general, like I've heard that some people who have anxiety, like general anxiety, they actually feel better in times of crisis. Like there's things that you need to do now in an emergency situation. And I think for me, that is also true. Usually when you know there's a fire that needs to be put out, I'm actually more calm than when everything's cool. So I feel good. And I think that is also valid. Some people are feeling guilty about not feeling anxious enough. That's okay too. Every way that you're feeling is valid right now.
2: Yeah, that's a a good place to jump off on. So first of all, to your point, your feelings are always valid. I see that a lot on social media and a lot of people who are are trying to like, pull some some guidance of mental health. Sort of like, you know, colloquially, not professionally in this time. And it's true, yeah, your feelings are always valid and that's totally okay. I kind of agree with you actually. Although I like have my own ups and downs with anxiety during this time, it's like my anxiety feels validated. Yeah, totally. It was waiting for, I always had this like underlying fear of like, oh, the sense of impending doom. Something is coming. I don't know what it is, but something's coming. I shouldn't like plan too much for the future and I should be like on edge at all times. And now coronavirus hits and it's just like, it feels validated. It's like, here's the shit show that we were all, I always like thinking of to your point point, i like, no, I'm not crazy. And coronavirus feels like it's like dropping a lit match into like a stack of dry hay or whatever it is. We can get into that later, but like it's exposing so many of like the broken parts of not only a American society, but like a lot of our like global societies.
1: Yeah, like before you felt like something was wrong, but you couldn't see it, and now you can clearly see everything that is wrong. Like uh, spritzing a mist onto a laser.
0: That's an nice. interesting analogy. Yeah, clapping a little chalk dust before I yeah, steal the, exactly. before I steal the exactly. uh, fancy object. Oh, objects. and you know yeah.
1: I think uh, you your your anxiety is different from my anxiety, and I think that's the difference between like our reactions is that like for me, I would have that pending sense of doom, but only in relation to me causing it. Like something that I'm doing is causing that doom. But right now, I know for a fact, 100% it is completely outside of my control.
2: Yeah, actually, this is uh, a good point to to bring up something that I think the two of you actually had talked about before in the Discord, which is I think Lacan was his name, the theory of anxiety um, that really like for me, that was like the clearest explanation of how my anxiety works, which was the the analogy that imagine you have a human sized female praying mantis in your face and you have on a mask, but you don't know if your mask is a male praying mantis or a female praying mantis. And for those of you who don't know, after mating, the female praying mantis decapitate the mail and like eats it. And so like you don't know whether you are about to get your head cut off and eaten or not. And for me, it, to, to add on to your point, Diane, I think this is where anxieties are a little bit similar. My extra layer is, all right, before I put on a mask, I had two boxes in front of me. I don't know what's in which box, but I had to consciously pick one of the two boxes. And then that was the mask that I now have on. So that's kind of the way that, that my anxiety oh, functions. Yeah. And yeah,
0: um, So like, Tina, you're the one who shared that with me. And I like saw that and I was yeah. like, I finally have a way yeah. to tell people like what it's like. I mean, I... I, I just came across it and I thought it was a very interesting way of putting the nature of anxiety as this failure to grasp what it is that, is, um, that the other desires from you. I think a lot of people's anxiety often stems from work, and I could say that the bullshit nature of white collar work these days, I think, leaves a lot of people anxious because you don't know what they want from you. And I think this is, you know, this is a topic that's really come up more um, now that we've split the world up into what called essential and non essential workers. And the vast majority of us are non essential. I think even when you're situated pretty well and you have like a pretty stable or secure income and job, and you're not going to lose it in this time, I still think the anxiety there because if you're not essential, part of you probably is always wondering, then why do I get paid? Why am I, you know, it, 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 it almost seems like as compensation goes up to an extent, and I've noticed this, the anxiety goes up too, because I think fundamentally speaking, there is a part of us that is wondering, why are we getting paid? For what? What do they want from me? That's how I felt And that Lacanian notion that anxiety is this inability to understand what the quote other wants from you or what desires from you and you're unsure of its intentions. That rang particularly true, at least for me.
2: Yeah. And I think it's exacerbated right now too, right? So like, it it doesn't matter, like we can talk about it in every every sense of the word. So for layoffs, right? We're at 40 million unemployed now. And this particular week, notable companies like Uber, Samsara, uh, Jewel laid off a bunch of people. At my company, there were layoffs last week too. But um, what you see is, and if you read people's posts that got laid off on LinkedIn, to your point, teen, like it did not spare anyone that was high up. There are plenty of like project managers and people who've been there for like years that got laid off. I mean, in some ways it's exposing the system. Oh, you thought you were safe just because. You got like a good degree and like a high paying job, whatever. Like, no, you are not safe. These companies don't care about you. They're just going to do whatever they do to, to preserve profits. And so that's the anxiety can be extra unsettling then, because to your point, we're all not essential.
0: Yeah, and I and I I think a lot of the stories that we write about our relationship with work are mostly wrong. You know, I got I got I lost my job last year, and I think that that was one of the most anxiety relieving events of my life because I'm like, look, it's you know, I've spent how long have I been working or going to school preparing to work, and I've never taken time off. Just the sheer act of like saying, you know, I'm gonna take like a year off is so unfathomable, and it wasn't even a financial issue for me. It wasn't like, oh my god, I you know, I don't know if I can survive a year without work it's easy for me to to weather that financially but it was like very very it really was like a leap of faith to even just be like yo i need to take a rest i don't want to i don't want to be doing this shit for another for a while you know